Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm Rob Kammer bringing you a hopefully ray of fluffiness in a spiky, spiky world. In addition to my poor metaphor, I am also bringing you the latest in news and televised updates for Major League Wrestling. Uh, formerly of its fusion program, but it is currently on hiatus due to the magical germs that are flooding the world. Um, so instead we're reviewing Anthology, uh, the new series from Major League Wrestling. Today we are reviewing number three, Loki. The show starts us off pretty well hot with a rundown of whom they call The Professional, which was his nickname for, for a bit. Uh, tongue firmly in cheek on there if you know your low-key stories. Uh, if you don't, he dresses like the Hitman from the video game series. And he, he's also a contract killer. Not really. Uh, but he was kind of the Hitman role for uh, Selena De La Renta's uh, promotion Dorada stable for a bit uh, before he had a falling out with them. Um, but we get the quick rundown of his career in MLW. He was part of the original series uh, you know, nearly 20 years ago um, and made his debut in 2004, which I mostly know this not because I've done research, because our first match of the evening is from 2004. It's Loki's debut against Homicide. A solid back-and-forth affair. This match is hyped to be between teacher and student, uh, with Homicide having a hand in Loki's training. We get some chain wrestling early on uh, before Loki takes control. Uh, we Most of this match is kind of a highlight of styles, uh, very stiff strikes, uh, primarily by both guys. Uh, Loki focusing a bit more on the striking and a touch on submissions towards the end, and whereas Homicide is just a bit more of a uh, just a bit more of a streetwise brawler, uh, which they really kind of point that out over the course of the commentary too. That that Loki is a lot of discipline, whereas uh, Homicide is from the streets. Uh, Homicide does get to take over for a bit after a tope suicida, uh, slows things down with a submission based grappling, uh, working over Loki's leg. Um, they kind of trade back and forth a bit, uh, Loki getting back on the offensive after a missed diving headbutt, um, coming back with a lot of strikes, um, which if, if you don't know Loki, like that's kind of his thing is that he will kick the shit out of you literally with his feet and shins. Um, but really going back and forth, uh, things kind of slow down a bit in a way. Uh, when they start, both of them start trading submission maneuvers again. Uh, Loki kind of doing whatever he can, uh, though one of his secondary finishes is the Dragon Sleeper. Uh, and Loki keep and uh, excuse me, Homicide keeps working over Loki's legs, uh, eventually working over um, an FC, STF uh, step over crossface uh, to kind of put pressure both on the upper and lower extremities of Loki. Uh, Solid match uh, between the two of them, really. Uh, again, uh, just, you know, teacher versus student. Uh, and really, like, once we find out, uh, this is just kind of a setup to the big angle coming from here. Uh, in addition to this teacher-student battle, uh, commentary refer uh, really hypes up the fact that, like, this is a like, big deal main event, especially for uh, somebody's debut with the company. 
Um, and they re- kind of like wonder who ha- who's the power broker who could bring in Loki and then in- immediately thrust him into the main event. Uh, we'll get that here in a minute because I've totally derailed myself. Uh, but again, uh, things pick up towards the end uh, with both guys trying to get submission holds in uh, successfully and hold them for a bit. Uh, with and then, and then also with uh, Homicide working in the Cop Killer, uh, which is a vertebraker type maneuver, if or the vertebraker, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, and they kind of go back and forth that way uh, with with uh, Loki eventually locking in the Dragon Sleeper, um, but not in a not in a way that uh, Homicide couldn't counter it and gets kind of a cradle pin in there for the three. Um, which then leads leads into the big thing before we get a chance for any sort of respect or anything like that. Jerry Lynn appears and immediately goes after Homicide. Um, which at this point, then Loki attacks Jerry Lynn, a bit of you know protect my mentor kind of thing. Uh, and they both double team Jerry Lynn before the Grandmaster himself. A wild Gary Hart appears. Uh, he is the power broker who brought in homi- Homicide and Loki um, and now is kind of reuniting them together. Uh, for those of you who aren't in the know and why this should be a kind of a big deal uh, nearly 20 years ago, uh, Gary Hart used to be a very big deal uh, in world-class championship wrestling. Uh, the Texas uh, major Texas promotion. Uh, and once that kind of started winding down, he uh, jumped to uh, the Jim Crockett promotion, WCW. Uh, it was a worker himself before a back injury took him out of commission, uh, but became a very solid manager, a very distinct talking style, and a very cerebral manager uh, that came on. And I could go on to, like, you know, continue to slurp it all up or talk about, like, how I'm really annoyed because he never took bumps as a manager, despite the fact that his back is royally screwed up and he physically was unable to bump. So he just bumped like he was Jesse Ventura, which I'm not sure what Ventura's excuse was because he didn't have a crippling back injury. But that's me going off the tangent that I said I wasn't going to do. Uh, but Gary Hart comes out and just runs down everything. Uh, you know, a br- just disparaging the fans, running down Lynn, you know, push- putting himself over as, you know, the guy who has all the power to do this. And since he has the power to do this, he's going to, you know, he's going to do it um, and take, you know, and everyone will pay attention to him uh, at some point or another. Things get heated between Hart and his new little faction and a fan and uh, Homicide and Loki attack a fan. Uh, and security ends up breaking that up. I'm not entirely aware of whether that was a work or a shoot. But the fact that I can actually question it, you know, means it's well done, I suppose. Um, and Hart just keeps cutting this promo. They eventually find Court Bauer uh, ringside, uh, who is the promoter, the owner of the company. Uh, they run him down, you know, th- and actually end up sho- uh, shoving him down and... Break, breaking a broomstick over his head, which I popped for because I am a sick, terrible human being. Uh, but like that was the the match is kind of just the setup to get this big angle underway, uh, establishing Gary Hart as a power player within Major League Wrestling. 
up next, we get an advert for next week's anthology featuring the leader of the Bread Club himself, Satoshi Kojima. Uh, I'm personally excited for this because for as big a fan of his that I am, I'm not wholly familiar with his American ring work. Um, I just am a big fan of his on Twitter. It's an entertaining follow when he tweets in English anyway, which he doesn't always do. Um, also as a side note, he is the leader of the Bread Club, and as far as I know, there is no official Bread Club merchandise, and so New Japan, I'm holding you accountable for this. I would personally buy, well, just one, one t-shirt of official Bread Club merchandise. Um, anything you see is, to my knowledge, is a knockoff, but Bread Club, eat all the bread! When we come back, we get a rundown of the Shane, Strickson, uh, Shane Strickland low-key uh, feud. Uh, Strickland is, at this point, the MLW World Heavyweight Champion, uh, and he is feuding with Selena de la Renta's Promotionis Dorada. Uh, and so uh, Selena brings in the Hitman, the professional low-key, who is now wearing the garb of Hitman and wrestling with that garb at this point. Uh, eventually, Loki earns himself a world heavyweight title match, and we get that for our second and final match of the evening. Uh, those of you who aren't familiar, Shane Strickland is now in the NXT, in WWE's NXT as Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, so he's, he, And he was just in the uh, new Cruiserweight tournament, I guess, uh, just reading the results on there. But I'm digressing and lost my train of thought. So Shane Strickland is the world champ, uh, feuding with uh, Selena De La Renta, who has put a bounty on his head. Uh, and Loki is there to collect the bounty and the world title. So before before we even get like the match proper to start, Loki just slaps the taste out of Strickland's mouth. And we has match. Uh, Loki spends the majority of the match uh, in control, uh, of course, with his strikes, uh, submission attempts, and whatnot. Uh, uh, Swerve eventually makes a comeback of his own, sticking to strikes, which, personally, I feel like that's a terrible idea to go against Loki. And match strike for strike, that's how you get yourself knocked the F out. But what do I know? Uh, Loki makes a, a comeback of his own, uh, transitioning a victory roll into a double stomp, which looked like that had to hurt. Uh, did have to pop because eventually Loki got dumped to the floor via some a modified uh, judo flip or you know hip toss if you're hip to the wrestling lingo. Um, but so really, from that, Swerve really never gets to. Uh, capitalize on it uh, match ends shortly thereafter with uh, key getting a roundhouse uh, kick to the back of the head knocking swerve the F out uh, solid again another solid match not a whole lot of frills to it um, but we kind of get you know it serves as pur purpose of putting Loki over, uh, collecting the bounty and the world heavyweight title, which would be uh, which he would hold a very successful reign until he was upended by filthy Tom Lawler uh, later in the year. Um, it's uh, again just very solid, a solid match, and like with the previous match, uh, there's not a whole lot of frills. So as you uh, you can tell, like I'm not doing 
quite going quite in as depth as I usually do, um, because there's just it's a different style of wrestling, and there's just not a lot of spots per se. Um, so these matches are pretty straightforward, playing to everybody's strengths. There's and compared to say the last two weeks, there isn't any like super wild brawling. You know, there's no barbed wire. There's no forks or spikes or anything of the like. Uh, we just wrestles good here, uh, which, you know, as doing reviews, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily make for an exciting review. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Following this big win, we tra- uh, travel back to 2004 for some odd reason with Homicide, Loki, and Gary Hart, uh, with Hart just telling quasi-random stories putting over both Homicide and Loki, like talking about finding Loki in the streets, and he needs to remember that time that like three thugs were gonna get one up on him, and he took them all out, and how he found Loki in just like Thailand or the Philippines. You know, a similar story of like finding him in training and taking down great numbers of folks in a very a variation of a handicapped fight. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of random, but like putting both guys over, you know, letting the, letting the uh, viewer know of each wrestler's strengths and, you know, putting them over as unstoppable. From there, we kick things back up to current times, and we end the show with a batch of clips from various MLW wrestlers, uh, what they're up to during the quarantine. Uh, Blue Meanie's back. He gets to start the party. He's over at the former ECW arena uh, doing his thing. Uh, We also get clips from Jordan Oliver, who's drinking Pinnacle Vodka. Um, Didn't know he was old enough to drink, but, you know, he's a rebel, that's that's the injustice of it all. He's just a rebel. Uh, Gino Medina, L.A. Park, uh, who eventually gets attacked at the end of his little promo in the various clips. Old Mancer, The Dynasty, Savio Vega, uh, Filthy Tom Lawler, and Justin Guarini, who is looking to hit up the online Danny world. Conan, Myron Reed, The Von Erics. I just... Uh, just a bunch of mishmashed clips. Um, very reminiscent of the, kind of the ECW style of promos they would occasionally do, uh, where they just cut chunks of a promo just long enough for it to make sense and then cut to a different promo and then just kind of juxtapose everything back and forth, uh, even though they're just totally disparate promos from totally disparate uh, wrestlers. Which, uh, you know... It's kind of cool. If uh, kind of cool, kind of retro. Um, but you know, everybody's kind of getting their stuff in. You know, Mancer's pure gold. Uh, the L.A. Park is helping. Uh, his bits are helping push forward the Contra storyline because uh, he eventually gets uh, blindsided by Contra folk. Uh, Conan voicing his displeasure with with uh, Contra interrupting the super series uh myron reed and jordan oliver both plugging the new member of injustice that may or may not be appearing soon um the dynasty is always pure gold i love them filthy tom lawler is thoroughly entertaining so i can sit here and be all you know passive about everything uh and make it sound like oh well but really like they are really a lot of them are very entertaining um just all patched together um, so that's rather neat. Um, 
So that ends our show. Uh, next week, we are evidently going to go with the Bread Club anthology, continuing uh, the anthology series rather than Fusion. Again, if you have any sort of complaints about that or plugs or whatever, stay tuned for the social media stuff, which you should be doing anyway because social media deets are all important in this world. This dire, flammable world. Uh, joking aside. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, and I just kind of want to give a quick uh, shout out to the Berkland family. Um, this past week, uh, C former CZW and Game Changer Wrestling uh, wrestler Danny Havoc, um, deathmatch, you know, superstar, uh, passed away. Um, and just wanted to, you know, throw a shout out to him. I kind of came into, knew of his existence in the tail end of his career where he had his, like, first retirement, and that's kind of where I first started paying attention to him, uh, but found him to be very entertaining. So, uh, you know, thoughts to his family. Um, and, you know, gonna shed a, you know, a metaphorical tear because, man, he's younger than I am, and not, you know, and I can make all the old jokes I want, but yeah, I'm not actually a senior citizen, and obviously he wasn't either. So another one lost way too soon. So thoughts and condolences to the Brooklyn family. Um, and just, you know, ending the show on the downer instead of, you know, starting the show with a downer. Um, so sorry about that. Um, but anyway, of course, you know, stay tuned for the plugs where you can hit me up and yell at me on the social media or, you know, hit the message button. I guess, I don't know if everyone has a message button on where they're getting their podcasts from. Anchor has a message button, though, and that's kind of where I'm hosting. So, blah, 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 blah. Cheap plugs. Thank you all for listening. I'm Rob Kammer. I'll see you next week. Hey, all Thanks for sticking through to the end. Now's the part of the show where we throw out my cheap plugs and all my other attempts to grow my fledgling media empire. Uh, first of all, the best way to support is to like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, get them all to listen and whatnot. That's the best metric as to uh, how successful this podcast can be. Um, of course, if you're interested in what demented, horrible thoughts that go through my mind, you can check out my social media pages. Uh, most of them can be found um, with the... Uh, Username the Nova of Cass, uh, specifically Twitter and Instagram. Um, we also now have a Facebook page at facebook.com/mlwconfusion. Not a whole lot goes on over there. Mostly just reminders to watch the show and all through with the other cheap plugs, uh, plus all sorts of like little stupid pictures to promote the show that usually end up on Instagram anyway. Um, and last but not least, if you want to be able to support monetarily, you can as well. You can check out uh, www.patreon.com slash Casanova, C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A. Uh, and for a little as $1 per month, you get the podcast two days early and ad-free, which means you don't have to listen to this ever again, unless, well, of course, you continue to support me by listening to this on your, you know, platform of choice. Um, but there's a whole bunch of other goodies in there, plus all past episodes and then the previous project uh, that came before this one. Um, and just, you know, a bunch of other goodies, early access, and whatnot. Uh, so for as little as 
you get all that, though I would be remiss if I didn't say that the higher the tiers, the more goodies you get. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge, check that out. And of course, you get cheap, get a cheap shill on this show as well by being a patron. So shout out to Maverick45 and Alan Schroeder. Guys are on the inside since mostly day one. Day one is H anyway, if we're going to use somebody else's catchphrase. But once again, thank you for listening. Check all those things out. You know, maybe read the description underneath the episode. Usually throw those things in there as well. Um, But thanks. See you next week.